Well, today I want to I want to talk a real quick about a little bit about my journey and where I came. Today we're starting a new series called Parallels, and we're going to be talking about your private life versus your public life. So I want to just uh, real quick give you a recap. So back in 2016, my wife, Pastor Haley, she ended up having a dream and we were, uh, we were pastors at a church in Michigan. And uh, so in this dream, we had quit uh, working for the ministry that we were working for. And we ended up going and moving out to Long Island, selling all of our stuff, getting rid of stuff, and going to Long Island and helping launch V1 Church. So the next day, I was like, man, that's a, that's a crazy dream. Like, I'm going to take it to Pastor Mike and see what he has to say about it. So I go to Pastor Mike and I was like, hey, man, my wife had this crazy dream. Like, tell, tell me your thoughts on it. And he was like, me and my wife just got done praying. God, send us somebody like the Fleeman family. So we were like, well, that's a sign right there. So we... Um, so I, we had this meeting. We set up a meeting between me and my wife and Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie. And we were just like going back and forth to see if this was going to be like a God thing to go and move out to New York to help launch this church. And it was like green light after green light. We were like, I would say something. He's like, whoa, that's confirmation for me. And he would say something. I'm like, man, that's confirmation for me. And it was just like this back and forth thing. And we're like, we know God is in it. But one of the things that I said in that meeting was, we don't want to go unless we're sent by our lead pastors. We know we're called. That's clear. Like we've, we've got all the confirmations and everything, but we don't want to go unless our lead pastors send us. And he, he stopped like dead in his tracks. Pastor Mike did. And he said, I've been praying, God, don't send me people who are called to New York. Send me people who are sent by their lead pastors. And from that moment, we were like, that seals the deal for us, that we know 100% this is what we're supposed to do. This is where we're called. So I set up a meeting with our lead pastors, and we, we go and we start to have this meeting with them. And before I even started, they were like, before you even say anything, I just want to tell you, for the last few months, God has been preparing our hearts for you guys to go somewhere. We don't know where it is. We don't know what it is. We don't know when it's going to be. But we do know that when you go, we want to send you as your lead pastors. <laughs> and we were like, okay, well, we're sold 100%. So from that point on, we're like, all right, God, tell us the date. When are we supposed to go? Let's do this thing. And um, I'm calling Pastor Mike every day. And I'm driving back to my house. And I'm like, hey, man, I live in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. So at any point, the phone call is going to drop. And I won't be able to call you until tomorrow because we don't even have internet. <laughs> That's how rural we were. So it was like every day, the call's just dropping. But I remember we're, we're going on this journey and um, Pastor Mike is pouring into me and discipling me. And me and Haley are like, man, we are willing to give up our titles. We don't care. Like, we know God called us to New York. So we would rather go titleless and not be, um, not even be considered pastors at that time just to fulfill the call of God on our life. So we dropped everything 
and we move out. And for like a few months, I'm, I'm calling Pastor Mike every day and we're, we're like just getting in it and he's discipling me and he's like, okay, now I'm going to give you um, disciples of your own. And then he gave me Anthony Cologne and he started giving me all these other people. And I start having these phone calls with people from New York and we're going in. And Anthony, if you guys have ever talked to him, a, a you, you're like, hey, Anthony, I got two minutes. And he's like, all right, three hours later. <laughs> but, uh, but it was like the greatest thing ever because I get to New York. It's January 2017. And I'm halfway there. Pastor Mike calls me. He's like, hey, man, how far are you? And I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm like two hours away. He's like, okay, so you're probably like six hours away then because you got New York traffic. <laughs> so, um, I'm getting there and he's like, what's your plan once you get here? And I'm like, well, I'm planning to live in my Jeep, shower at Planet Fitness, find a job and get a place to live. And he was like, okay, well, there we go. So he made a few calls and got me a a place to stay for the night and all this stuff. So I'm staying out of this place and basically living out of my Jeep for about a month and a half. And, um, I didn't know this, but Pastor Mike, like, he's got so much wisdom. He's so wise. But behind the scenes, he was like, all right, we got to set a deadline for when we're going to send him back because we do not want to see his marriage fall apart. We don't want to see his kids' lives fall apart. I had a two-year-old and a three-year-old. My wife was seven months pregnant. And so he put this timeline on, and he's like, we have to make sure his family is secure above everything. And but he didn't tell me the timeline. So it gets down to like the last minute and I call Pastor Mike. I'm like, hey, you'll never believe it. I found a job and I got a house. And he was like, you'll never believe it. We were going to send you home tomorrow. (laughs) Now we know this was God. So it was like, Every single thing started lining up. And then we, we were, so we were living on Long Island for about six years. We've been a part of uh, every single campus launching. And it's just been an incredible journey um, to serve under Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie. It's just been the most incredible things of our lives. And we are so grateful for them. So now, fast forward to last year in October. Me and my wife, um, we decided, Pastor Mike, we, he called us and he's like, hey, how set are you on New York? Because I was like, I moved out there and I'm like, I'm diehard. I changed my phone number that I had for like 15 years, which was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm never changing my phone number again. <laughs> but uh, changed my phone number, got a Long Island phone number, like getting all this stuff set and ready to go. I'm like, we're going to be buried in New York. Like this is, these are our people. Uh, You still are my people, Long Islanders, NYC, all these places. You are my people. But God called us back to Indiana. I I remember we came back and we were here for a, a service and Pastor Mike called me and he's like, how set are you on um, New York, because the people of Indiana need a pastor. They need you and Haley there with them. And I was like, man, Pastor Mike, you'll, I'm, I'm like, I literally just had a conversation with my wife where she was like, stop talking. <laughs> because I was like, man, I feel like the Lord is calling us back to Indiana. 
And she's like, what do you mean? We're going to move from New York? And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to stop talking. And then Pastor Mike calls me. And it's like, you know what? Let's pray about this. Let's talk about this. And we just kept getting confirmation. So in October of last year, we moved back out to Indiana. And we've been the campus pastors here. And it's just been this incredible journey. And now I found some new groups of people. Now, Indiana, you are my people, too. <laughs> we are truly one house with many rooms. And today, on this historical day where we're broadcasting out of Indiana for the first time ever, come on. We are in unity. We are the body of Christ. So I want to talk to you real quick about parallels. Parallels, your private life versus your public life. So we're going to look at Daniel and we're going to look at First uh, Timothy. So in the book of Daniel, you've got Daniel and you've got his three friends. And they were uh, taken into Babylonian captivity. So uh, King Nebuchadnezzar actually besieged um, besieged uh, Jerusalem, and he took Daniel, and we know them as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they actually had different names previously. He took them in to captivity. So it says that um, he actually gave them names, Babylonian names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Meshach, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So, so as we're reading Daniel, um, we see that they're, they're, they're taken away into captivity, and the king is like, you know what? I don't really like their, their names, their Jerusalem names, so we're going to give them Babylonian names. We're going to make them like us. We're going to conform them to who we are. And what I love is like, if you fast forward in the book of Daniel, it says that... Um, here, where am I at? Where am I at right now? Daniel, he was a man of prayer. Daniel was a man of fasting. Daniel had a private life. And as you're reading throughout the whole book of Daniel, you'll notice that he is referred to as Daniel throughout this book. The other ones, they're, they're referred to as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Daniel remains um, constantly being called Daniel throughout this book. And he, he refused to, um, to give into that name that the king was trying to put on him. And he kept getting into that intimate place with God. Because when you get into the secret place, when you get into prayer, when you get into the word, come on, this Bible right here is living and active. When you get into that, the, the world can't give you an identity. Only God can give you an identity. So in the secret place, in that private place with God that Daniel was so accustomed to going into, he did not take on the identity of Babylon, but he kept the identity that the father had placed on him. And when you read Daniel chapter 10, verses 10, it says, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. 
Come on, there's some people here who have been walking hunched over, and I'm telling you, when you get into the presence of God, when you get alone with him, not only will he call you by your true identity, but you will begin to have a boldness on you. You will begin to have a courage on you. You will begin to stand upright in spirit, in truth, in your physical posture. Things will begin to change, but you have to get into the secret place. Come on, Gen Z, I'm telling you, when the world tries to give you an identity, you have to be set on the word of God. You have to be set in prayer. You have to be rooted and grounded in the house of the Lord. You have to let your private life show in your public life. Gen Z, I'm telling you, your 14-year-old friend should not be the one that gives you an identity over the one who said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Come on. The God of the universe knew you before your 14-year-old friend did. So who is to tell you what your identity is? Your identity is in the King of Kings, in the Lord of Lords. Your identity is wrapped in righteousness and glory. Come on. You got to get in the word of God. Sometimes you have to prophesy to yourself in private before you begin to prophesy to people in public. Come on, you got to start to get up in the morning and say, I am called by God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I will live and I will not die. I will be an overcomer. I will tear down strongholds. Every single thing that attached itself to my family life, those chains have to break because I know who I am and I'm prophesying to myself in private before I prophesy in public. Come on, if you want a platform, why don't you get in your closet on your knees and start to cry out to God? The Bible says those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. So if you get into that private place with the Lord and cry out in your carpet, begins to be tear stained. Come on, that's where revival starts. You've got to get into that place with Jesus. You got to cry tears. You got to cry tears of pain sometimes before they turn into tears of joy. You've got to get your identity locked in with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, your public life should flow from your private life. Your private life should be the, one, the, the, the determining factor of your public life. So if you're in the word, it should show in public. If you're in the place of prayer, it should show in public. It should show in your schools. It should show in your cities. It should show in your workplace. It should show in your families. Come on, you've got to get in the word. You've got to get in prayer. You've got to let your private life become your public life. Your prayer life is the place that you have to keep pressing. Sometimes it looks like this chain won't break. Sometimes it looks like the strongholds won't come down. But when you continue to pray, when you continue to fast, we're going to go ahead in Daniel right now. And it says, then he said to me, do not fear. 
Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. It says that Daniel set his face towards God. Daniel set his face to prayer. Daniel set himself to fasting. And it says the heavens heard him from day one, but it took 21 days to war through the heavenly places. It took 21 days to break through all the demonic stuff, all the demonic opposition that was taking place. And he didn't see the results on day one. He didn't see the results on day two. He didn't see the results on day 10 or 11, 15, it took him all the way to day 21 before they said, you know what, Daniel, we heard you from day one and we've been trying to get to you, but we've been warring on your behalf. We know you've been praying. We know you've been fasting. We know you set your heart like Flint. We know that you have the fire of God that lives on the inside of you. And we know that today is the day that the strongholds come down. We know that today is the day that the fortress begins to be strengthened in your heart. We know that today is the day that we fight for you. Come on, you got to get intimate with the Lord. You've got to get into that place. I'm telling you, you will begin to win war after war after war when you go to war in the secret place. That's where the war begins. Get in the secret place and all of heaven begins to war for you. <laughs> Come on. I'm telling you, there's an anointing that breaks chains in the secret place. There's an anointing that tears down strongholds in the secret place. There's an anointing like Peter carried when he walked down the streets and people threw their sick on the sides and the lame, they had them lined up on the streets and his shadow touched them and they were healed. But it wasn't Peter's shadow that healed them. It was because it says that in the Bible that Peter went to the place of prayer daily and because he was daily in prayer, because he was daily in a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and fire and that power from heaven rested on Peter and every area around him, including his shadow, was a carrier of the presence of God and people were healed as a result. Come on. Who wants that fire? Who wants that anointing in their life? You got to get with God. Come on. We're going to jump to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16. Where am I at? Where am I at? I'm going to give you guys time to, to jump to it with me. All right. First Timothy 4, 12 through 16. It says, let no one. So let, let, me, let me give you a back, uh, back story real quick before we jump into the scripture. So Timothy was sent to Ephesus by Paul. And he was there. He was going in to correct some stuff. He was going to bring order. He was going to bring structure. He was going to expose false doctrines, false teachings, these, uh, these ways that they were doing things, and he was going to correct stuff. And he was sent by Paul. So um, when we go into verse 12, it says, 
this is Paul speaking directly to Timothy. And I believe that there's some pastors who are watching right now. And I'm telling you, you've fallen away from the secret place. You've fallen away from the things of God. But there is a restoration that is happening right now deep inside of your belly. And I'm telling you that you are going to get restored to the secret place. There is a fire that is going to begin to burn so hot in your belly that you're not going to be able to quench it. I'm telling you, you are going to have a restoration So here we go. Paul is speaking to Timothy and he says, let no one despise your youth. Basically what he's saying is, Timothy, don't let them despise you because of your physical age. Don't let them despise you because of how old you are physically. We know you're in the word. We know you're in prayer. We know you're fasting. We know you're doing these things. Let them see that. So do not let them despise you because of your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Come on. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. There are people in here today. There are people on the live stream. There are people in Long Island, NYC, Miami, that you've neglected the gift that is in you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm like a Paul to you right now telling you, do not neglect the gift that is inside of you, but let it burn. Steward that gift properly. Get in the word. Get into prayer. Begin to meditate on the scripture. Come on, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. And now this part right here, continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Come on, when you get alone with God and you consistently devote yourself to the secret place, your private life will now have no choice but to become your public life. And because of that, the result is that not only are you yourself saved, but those who hear the words that you speak will begin to be saved themselves. Come on, there is other people's salvations on the line of you saying yes to the secret place. There are other people's salvations on the other side of you saying, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna shut the door of distraction in my life and I'm going to get in prayer. I'm going to get in the word. Come on, if you're a husband like I am with four kids, it is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but you have to make that uh, 
Man, you have to make it up inside of your soul, inside of your spirit, and you have to say, no matter what, with everything inside of me, I'm gonna continue in the secret place. I'm gonna war, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna tell my wife, I gotta go get alone with Jesus at this time, you will not hear from me. And you gotta say, you know what? Now it's your turn, you go. If you're a husband, let your wife into the secret place. You're not the only one who's supposed to be in there. Come on. Man, make time for your wife to get into the word. Make time for your wife to get into prayer. Don't let her take care of the children on her own. Don't let her do the dishes on her own. Don't let her clean the whole house on her own. Come on. I, I got this thing that I do every time my wife leaves the house. I try, I like, I'm like, kids, get all your crap, get to the rooms, like, get all your stuff, um, get all of your stuff and start picking it up. Like, we got to get this house clean before your mom gets home. And I, I make it a goal. It's a challenge. I'm like, I got to get every single thing picked up before she comes home. And she comes home, she's like, how did you get this house so spotless? I'm like, I don't know. I've just been chilling. <laughs> but like, it's a goal for me. I'm like, every time she leaves the house, I'm like, we got to clean this thing to another level. We got to get the dishes done. I, I usually don't get that far. I'm like, I got the dishes organized and stacked neatly. They're still dirty, but <laughs> I'm getting to that part. Don't worry. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you got to let your wife get into the word. You've got to get your, let your wife get into the secret place. Set aside time for your family to get into the place of prayer, to get into the place of intimacy with the Father. Sometimes that looks like giving up Netflix for a season. Sometimes that looks like not endlessly scrolling in the night on TikTok. Come on, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I've walked around, I've walked past enough phones to know all the trending songs on TikTok. And I'm telling you, Gen Z, who cares if you have a white boy on your roster feeding you pasta and lobster? I literally do not care because I have a Jewish man who died on the cross and he got rid of my sin. He got rid of my stains. He got rid of all my guilt, my shame, my condemnation. And you know what? he's feeding me he's feeding me the bread of life the word of God the spirit and truth is in him and I'm telling you when you get alone with Jesus that spirit of truth will get on you and when you go into the public places you will begin to declare the truth of the word of God and a grace will be um Man, a grace will be imparted to the people that you come into their proximity and they will begin to receive the truth of the word and the grace will begin to empower them to get over whatever they need to overcome. Come on, I'm telling you, there are some people in this room today that need to get intimate with the Lord. Can I get an amen and let's welcome them.